Welcome back to another episode of the Real Talk on Women's Health Podcast with Essentia Health. I'm your host, Lauren Wells, and I'm so excited to be here with Dr. Tanya Sweezer, an integrative health physician at Essentia Health. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So like I mentioned, you are an integrative health physician. For those that might not know, what is integrative health or integrative medicine? So integrative health kind of has a broad definition sometimes. And so I try to bring everything together by using some established definitions. So American Board of Integrative Medicine defines it as a healing-oriented medicine that takes into account the whole person, including all aspects of lifestyle, and it emphasizes therapeutic relationships between practitioner and patient is informed by evidence and makes use of all appropriate therapy. So what that means to my patients, because that's a mouthful, right? So what that means to my patients is just that they get an individualized, kind of comprehensive and whole person approach to their medicine to help support their optimal health. So going off of that, what are the key principles or foundations maybe of integrative medicine that guide your practice? So with my practice, I use some foundations that really start with the patient and the practitioner being partners um, in care. And then also the evidence-based part that I mentioned, very, very important because we're, you know, in the medical community of a medical license. And we want to make sure that things we are doing are based in evidence so that they're safe and effective. And then we're also looking into root causes of disease. So if there is something going on, a chronic illness, we want to kind of go back and figure out what things might be contributing to this illness and help focus on those things. Additionally, we look at prevention. So not just the things that are already established as issues, but trying to think about the things that may become issues later and what can be done now to prevent those. And then including all these different factors um, that make a person up. We're not just our bodies. We also have stresses. We have stuff that we deal with and they impact our body and our mind and all of that. So we try to include all of that. So shifting gears a little bit, what kind of training or certifications do you have in integrative medicine? Oh, this is a really good question um, because it differs and there are certain types of trainings that are available because integrative medicine itself has so many different broad parts of it. Someone could actually have some additional training in um, meditative therapies or acupuncture and work that into their career as well. I personally um, have training initially as a naturopathic physician. So that's how I got started. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I trained started about 20 years ago with that and then combined that with um, later training as an osteopathic physician and now a board certified osteopathic physician with a naturopathic background. So this could just be me, but I feel like there's always so much research coming out and new developments coming out just in medicine in general. So how do you stay updated with the latest research and developments in integrative health? Oh, there is. There's so much um, to keep track of. The latest research um, is is disseminated in kind of the same way that it is with conventional docs is that we do receive like the latest updates in our continuing medical education. So we still have those requirements. So I still have my requirements as a family physician to keep that certification. And then with additional integrative, you have conferences that provide that education. You have research journals that we frequently will use. We have individual studies, group meetings, even within our department to encourage collaboration, make sure that we know 
what is the latest and what is the safest um, research and development in our field. So now that we've talked about you and your training and your expertise, let's talk about the patients. How do you involve patients in their own care and decision making process? Because for instance, I know myself and I know that I freak out and I research and I really need my doctor to like bring me back down to earth. Yeah, that one is is really important too, because um, you know, Dr. Google is out there. And if I had, uh, you know, access to the internet, I would be on there, you know, checking stuff out and trying to figure out what this means and why does that hurt and why does this itch and, you know, all of that. Um, and so patients come to us, you know, from that background, of course, and that's what we expect. So what we do is we um, first give them enough time to really kind of explain what's going on with them. The integrative health, it's very, very important that we understand background and all of that. So our visits are a lot longer than conventional uh, health. So first, let them express you know, what is going on with them, what their concerns are and all of that. And then it is necessary for patient involvement because a lot of the integrative health stuff focuses on um, their priorities and goals. And then the interventions are things that a lot of times they need to do and participate in and really lead after our visit. So lifestyle changes, nutrition things, these are all to-dos on the patient's list. So we have to have that buy-in and and that mutual understanding and respect for sure. So I'm always curious based on what you're saying, especially like every person is so different. They have different health issues that they deal with and things that they deal with. So what strategies do you use to understand a patient's unique needs and goals? Oh, this is this is also a really, really um, good point question. Um, one of the things that we do first, just that, you know, kind of sets us apart a bit is that we have an integrative health questionnaire um, and it is comprehensive. So it takes a little while to get that done. We are asking questions. You know, we might as well be asking questions like your mom's maiden name or something because it is very detailed. These are illnesses that you might have had as a as a child, things that might have been affecting your health growing up throughout your, um, you know, early 20s or whatnot, depending on what is going on with the patient all of the things that might be um, influencing your health. So questions about stresses, even um, job stress, family stress, dietary habits, family structure, personal beliefs. Those questions appear right next to what were your surgeries and what are your medications? And so that's one of the first tools that we use to understand. And as you mentioned, this takes time. So that questionnaire is something that we study before we even see the patient for the first time. And then when we see them, we allow first visits are over for an hour and second visits are around 45 minutes. Um, just really understanding and going into depth into the issues that we are, are um addressing. Another thing that comes to mind as I listen to you talking about integrative health is the mind-body connection. I feel like mental health and all of that is so much more in the forefront now, especially after COVID. So how do you address the mind-body connection in your practice? That is one of the most important things in integrative health is really um, focusing on that mind-body connection and how much that actually affects our health. I'm glad that you brought up COVID and um, what was going on during that time. I think I made it very clear to all of us, whether we're, you know, patients or, you know, parents or, you know, whatever it is, that this is affecting all of us and things that are stressful or things that make us lonely, things that are scary and all that happened with COVID 
really affect our health outcomes. And so when we, we address that in our treatment plan and while we're speaking to patients, so there's always something that we're going to be doing in, um, with the mind-body connection, whether it's uh, meditation, working on stresses, going in, um, seeking out therapy, any of those things, and just educating on how that can affect the body and what's going on with them. Uh, with their other medical concerns. So now that we've touched on the patients, I want to shift gears because this is something I'm really interested in, integrating conventional and complementary therapies. So how do you determine when to use a conventional medicine versus a complementary therapy? The safety of the patient is the primary concern always. And that's something that we can all agree on across conventional um, and complementary uh, healthcare providers, and is it safe to do so? An example is someone, you know, having a visit with us, and we find out that their blood pressure is very concerning in, you know, stroke, you know, risk range, those types of things. We would definitely make sure that this person was seeking, you know, uh, conventional therapy that is emergent, urgent, you know, to make sure that. Um, that is taken care of before we would, you know, try to do the complementary therapies or anything that go along with that, because it's very important, of course, that this person handles their stress and that we use different, you know, nutrients or those types of things to help their heart health and all of that. But in the immediate, it's more important to keep them, you know, out of this range. And so it's important we just look at, you know, kind of safety um, and then to see what that person needs at at the time. Most people have a combination between conventional and complementary therapies. So what are some of the most common complementary therapies that you incorporate into your treatment plans? One of the things I mentioned a little bit is um, stress management. So if we've um, got a patient, we're talking about blood pressure, we're talking about anxiety or any of those types of things, and we've identified stress as one of the main issues. We're identifying areas where we can try to reduce it. There are things that you can change in your own um, personal life, or there's modalities like meditation, journaling, deep breathing, all with very good evidence. Um, exercise, certain types of therapeutic exercises, evidence there for anxiety, depression, weight, cardiovascular health, menopausal stuff, you know, all of that kind of um, thing. Nutrition, um, evaluating dietary habits, um, evaluating how those might be affecting health conditions. Certain types of foods actually can increase inflammation, thereby increasing pain with patients who deal with chronic pain. Things like that are very, very important. So um, they can seem very simple, but they're foundational um, in helping uh, with things. Nutritional supplements. Everybody knows about supplements. You know, over half of people um, are using some kind of supplement in general. We're actually using supplements and nutrients to help address deficiencies or support the systems that need it. And also to provide education when people are using things that may be unsafe um, or not indicated um, or not have great evidence. Um, we commonly incorporate acupuncture. We have acupuncture in our department, um, which is great. And then at times massage or uh, referring patients to other complementary therapists. That leads me to the next topic I want to touch on, collaboration and referrals. I heard you mention acupuncture. So, for instance... How do you collaborate with other healthcare professionals like an acupuncturist in providing integrative care? Yes, yes. So just like, you know, a body 
isn't just one little part. Um, all of these different parts work together, and that's how medicine is, or that's how it should be. Um, and so we collaboration is really, really important. Um, so with a large number of people who are seeking integrative care, the goal is to make sure that everybody is on the same page and everybody knows what the other person is doing. Um, so don't want to interfere with anything else someone else is doing. So in um, Essentia, we have multiple routes of communication that are built into our system. And so we message each other. We can message each other in real time if it calls for that, or we'll send each other messages or chart notes or things like that. Additionally, protect the patient information. Um, the patient selects us, and they also give us the um, permission to contact their other providers, and we're able to see um, the notes from the other providers as well. So we really um, coordinate care. And additionally, we receive referrals from specialists often as well as their primary care um, and then vice versa. What would you say is like the most common type of specialist or doctor that you collaborate with the most? We collaborate with primary care providers a lot because at our, although I do have a background in primary care, our department there doesn't take that part on. We have a lot of patients who may not have uh, a primary care provider. And so we will collaborate back and forth for even help with their treatment plan. Um, if they're working on, uh, you know, these goals with a patient, their uh, blood sugar or things like that, and maybe we have more time or can go in more in-depth with their dietary things, that happens often. We also collaborate really often with the gastroenterologist um, and rheumatologist because there's a lot of different things that we do to help improve digestive health and help improve um, patients who deal with rheumatological issues and a lot of other of those issues as well. So last but not least, because I know we're running out of time, I want to talk about evidence and research in integrative medicine. So I'm curious how you approach the integration of evidence-based practices and complementary therapies. There is a lot of research that goes into it. And because of what we do with integrative um, medicine, there are a lot of um, studies that might be smaller and not these big giant studies as you would see with certain types of medication. And so it takes a lot more kind of looking into it and more frequent looking into it to see if there's new studies available. Um, and so what we do is we make sure that we are staying abreast of all of that, making sure that we are staying on top of all of that research. And we have different tools to do that. I mentioned some what the conferences and things like that, but in real time, um, we use resources just like conventional therapies would use things like UpToDate as a resource that combines a lot of information. There's a natural medicines database um, that our uh, organization um, pays for within, you know, the resource system. And that actually combines a lot of Cochrane reviews on these particular products. It could be an herb or it could be a nutrient or it could be a type of therapy. Um, and I refer to those often because things are often changing, though with 20 years of experience, there's a lot that's changed in 20 years. And so it's something that we're often doing and sharing with patients. So to kind of wrap things up, at what point should somebody consider seeing an integrative health physician? I feel like um, with because integrative medicine really approaches um, the prevention and it approaches the whole person, that it's always something that um, can help um, regardless of what your health conditions are, how severe they are, or maybe how minor that they are. There's always things that nutrition 
um, nutritional medicine and um, working on stress and uh, learning what best uh, you can do regarding nutrients and those types of things. So after talking to you for this episode of the Real Talk on Women's Health podcast, I'm curious what your favorite part is about being an integrative health physician, because I feel like there's so much that goes into it. And I feel like every single day would be something different. My favorite part is the time. Um, that I get to spend with patients. Um, it really takes time uh, to get to know people in general. And if I'm helping a person, kind of help it, uh, helping them to improve their health, I want to make sure that I understand all of the background information, that I understand all of the things and give them the time to explain those things to me and let them tell me what they feel like is the most important thing so that we always incorporate that in their care. So the time to do that is really important to me. So I really enjoy that. So last question, what is one thing that you want to leave listeners with for this particular topic of integrative health and integrative medicine? I would just say if you haven't tried it out, um, definitely do that. Or um, with all of the health information that's out here, it can be really confusing if it's just questions that you have about things that you've seen and what, how that might apply to you. I think it would be really good to uh, reach out to someone who is trained to make sure that those things can be applied in a very safe and individualized way. Just safely is really important. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tanya Sweezer, Integrative Health Physician at Essentia Health. I was so interested in this topic and I feel like I learned so much. So thank you so much for being a guest on the Real Talk on Women's Health podcast. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to it if I'm able to come back. Absolutely. I'd love to have you back for a part two in the future. But in the meantime, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Real Talk on Women's Health podcast with Essentia Health.